Well, we are continuing with our series looking at the I am statements of Jesus in John's Gospel. Today we're looking at I am the light of the world. One of the fun ways that you can, can get into John's Gospel is by researching and looking up the groups of seven that we find in John's Gospel. Uh, there are seven titles of Jesus in John chapter 1. So right after the sermon today, crack open your Bible to John 1 and find the seven titles of Jesus that John gives us. There's also seven key signs that John talks about that show that Jesus is actually the Messiah. In the, uh, after the resurrection in John chapter 21, we find that Jesus goes out to seven disciples and they're all named for us. And you can find those disciples if you look up John 21. And so we also have the seven I am statements of Jesus. And these statements are incredibly important. And one of the reasons they're important is because they are loaded with divinity. That's one of the things we talked about last week, that these statements weren't simply self-disclosure statements, that they're actually loaded with divinity. And one of the reasons we know that is because of the reaction of the crowd, especially the Jerusalem leaders, to the words of Jesus at the time. And we find that reaction again in this passage. If you follow the passage all the way down to the end of chapter 8 in verse 58, you'll find these words. Verily, truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Why did they pick up stones? Well, because of blasphemy. And so they obviously reacted in a way that showed that these I am statements were much more than simple self-disclosure. Jesus was very aware of who he was, and the crowd was very aware of who he claimed to be. And that's very apparent in John's Gospel. Well, one of the great keys to understanding the I am statement that we read today is by looking into the setting of the story. And John is very specific about his setting. He puts Jesus in a particular place at a particular time, and understanding that will unlock the power of the I am statement that Jesus gives us today. The place where Jesus makes this statement is in the treasury. The treasury was the place in the temple where they collected the coins for the temple maintenance. Well, the treasury was also located in the court of the women. Keep that in mind. The time, when did this happen? Well, if we go back a chapter, we find that this happened during the Feast of Tabernacles, and that's also very important. How does this help us? How does this help us unpack the power of this statement? Well, listen to what William Barclay, a commentator, says. On the evening of its first day, that is the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles, there was a ceremony called the illumination of the temple. It took place in the court of the women. The court was surrounded with deep galleries erected to hold the spectators. In the center, four great candelabra were prepared. And when the dark came, the four great candelabra were lit and, it was said, they sent out such a blaze of light throughout Jerusalem that every courtyard was lit up with their brilliance. In the midst of that, Jesus stands up and says, 
I am the light of the world. It would have blown their minds. I mean, they just, they just would have lost it because of what he was saying. I mean, in the Old Testament, we read in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. And here comes Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Well, how is Jesus the light of the world? How are we to understand the implications of this even for today? Light is an important concept in John's gospel. I mean, the other gospel writers use it. Matthew uses this word for light about seven times, um, as does Luke. Mark only uses it once. Uh, but John uses it some 26 times throughout his gospel. So obvious, this point of light, this concept of light, is very, very important in John's gospel. Well, here are three things that our understanding of light has in John's gospel. First of all, there's this. Light is life. When we read about light in John's gospel, often it refers to life. We see this right away in John chapter 1. We read these words. In him, that is Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. Life and light together. And that's an important thing to understand and observe. And so in John's gospel, we have this movement from darkness to light, which is also a movement from death to life. One of the great stories that illustrates this is found in John chapter 20. And it's the story of Mary Magdalene going to the tomb where they laid the body of Jesus. And John is very specific with his choice of words as he describes this. He says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. So not only is there a physical darkness of the time of day, but there's also still this stench of death. There's also a spiritual darkness. All of the disciples are in mourning because they believe that Jesus has died. They don't know yet about the resurrection. And so John captures this by talking about the darkness as Mary goes toward the tomb. And you can almost imagine as Mary goes toward the tomb, as the sun comes up in the early morning, and as she meets Jesus, suddenly the whole scene is flooded with light, which is this movement from death to life, to resurrection life. So just as light is life, Jesus came to bring life. That's what we're talking about when we talk about light in John's gospel. Well, a second thing, light illuminates. Uh, if you can imagine with me for a moment the, the picture of a guy with a light bulb above his head. We use that even in, uh, in common um, thought today. If we have a good idea, you know, we, we imagine a light bulb about, above our head that suddenly the lights have gone on. Well, that's the sense in which light is also used in John's gospel. Light illuminates. Light points to the truth. Uh, there's a great story in John chapter 3 about a man named Nicodemus. And John, again, is very specific in his wording. He says this, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night. Now, once again, it's more than just the time of day that John is, is forcing us to consider. Nicodemus also came with a certain ignorance, a certain lack of understanding that was illuminated 
because of Jesus, the light of the world. And so in this passage, we have this movement from darkness to light, which tells of the movement from ignorance to understanding. And that's one of the things that Jesus wants to bring as well. Jesus as light illuminates. Jesus brings understanding. He reveals the truth. That's very important in John's gospel. So light is life. Light illuminates, but also light triumphs. This is an interesting concept in John's gospel. We find it right away in John chapter 1, in verse 5, where it says this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That sense of conquering light. Now, I know I've shared this illustration a number of times before, and some of you have heard it, maybe some of you haven't. Uh, it was a, a formative moment, I think, in my life when I was only about 18 years old. I worked all night at a water park, and I had to clean, I had to do security, I had to do all kinds of things. I was alone in this water park all night long. And I waited till all of my duties were over, and I'd go to this one bench facing east over Okanagan Lake in the mountains, and I'd wait. For what? I'd wait for the sun to rise. At nighttime, that place was kind of spooky. It kind of gave me the creeps. I didn't like their being there alone. But as soon as the sun came up, it was a whole different place. Isn't that the truth in so many aspects of our life? I think it's very true here too, the sense that light triumphs over darkness. And that's what we find, that Jesus has come to triumph over evil, over chaos, over the darkness of this world. And that's a message that we especially need to hear, I think, today, when we feel like there's so much darkness coming at us from all different kinds of angles. So Jesus is the light in all of these ways. He brings life. He provides understanding. He shows us what, it, what God is like, and he shows us what it really means to be human. But he also triumphs over darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. Well, what does this mean for you and me practically today? Well, here's a radical application in the Gospels of this concept. Jesus not only says, I am the light of the world, but then he turns to his followers and he says, you are the light of this world. Isn't that incredible? After all we've discovered so far, Jesus turns to his followers and says, you are the light of the world. What did he mean? Well, just as Jesus brought life and revealed truth and overcome darkness, so we, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, are called to bring life into this world. We are called to reveal truth, especially the truth about Jesus. And we are called to overcome darkness in the name of Jesus while we're in this world. We are meant to be light bearers of the truth of Jesus. How do we do that? Matthew chapter 5 uh, makes it pretty clear. Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Don't hide away. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the exact same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's how we are light in this world today. So we have some questions to ask ourselves as we wrap up 
uh, this reflection on Jesus, the light of the world. Do our words and actions bring life to others or do we tear people down? Do our words and actions reveal truth, especially the truth about Jesus? Or do we perpetuate lies? Do our words and actions bring order, overcoming evil with good? Or do we promote chaos? Because if we're called to be the light of the world just as Jesus was, then we have to assess whether we're following in his footsteps as he's commanded us to do that. So Jesus, the light of the world, and as his followers, he's, he's kind of passed the torch to us. May we let this light shine uh, in the current darkness so that people might see our good deeds, which will then shine the spotlight on our Father in heaven. Amen.